When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are ready. I'm ready. Are you? I was born ready. <laughs> I was born. It's a little Gaga were, song. I was born born to dance. Or wait, what's the? I was born to be alive. Born to be wild. Born to be alive. Remember that song? Born to run. Born to yeah, be alive. Of born to run. Born to boogie. Yeah. When is the Lady Gaga song? Born. Born <laughs> this way. I was born. This Baby, way. I was born this way. <laughs> yeah, I was born this way. Oh my god. We're we off. were born to do this podcast. We only waited 50 years. We're off to a great start. <laughs> All right. I'm, uh, I'm trying to keep up with you vocally because I've heard comments that I am a low talker. Low talker. Yeah. And I'm a loud talker. Yeah. Not a close talker, you, but a loud talker. No, you're not a loud talker. Well, com- compared to me, it's just... Uh, I'm loud. Y- yes, exactly. I'm you're, animated. You're like eight feet tall and I'm three feet, you yes. know, like... Well, there's a first. There, exactly. So that's how you feel. You know, now you know what it's like to be a giant. You that's how I feel superior. Yeah, you should. The You're louder always, voice. Always looking down on me. She would never. <laughs> never. Are you kidding? You're revered. Uh, revered. Paul. <laughs> revered by. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, hey, Dave. Hey, Holly. Where are we? What's going on? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. We're in Hollywood. We Hollywood. Are, we are in Hollywood. Hollywood. Welcome to What Difference Does It Make? Yes, it's the podcast where we talk all things 80s. Yeah. Mostly music, yes. A little pop culture and here and there. We sprinkle film and it, fashion. We sprinkle in whatever's going on in our lives yeah. or what went on back in the eighties in our lives. Um, we're counting down the the hits that were played on KROQ, the radio station in Los Angeles, back in nineteen eighty two. Rock of the eighties. We are at, we've done the top one hundred and six point seven. We are up to number ten now. This is it. This is the ultimate episode. This is the the uh, finale. We're closing out 1982. It's the end of the season. It is a season. We, we'll have to work out these the seasons of podcasts. I haven't figured out what constitutes a season because we also, you know, we sprinkle in Father's Day and yeah. holiday stuff. And well, we're gonna we're gonna officially call this the end of season one. How about that? Well, it's not season. Well, but we did 1980, 1981. This yeah, like but season we weren't three. calling seasons then. Okay. We okay. Okay, fine. We'll have to work that out. We really do. We'll have to, we you know, figure rock, out. scissors, paper. We, did you say rock, scissors, rock, paper? Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I've never heard anyone do it in a different order. but that, I did say it wrong, right? That's Rock, paper, scissors. But you did it, yeah. That's not, <laughs> that's odd. I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it works. 
Uh, all right. So you want to bet me, and then we can choose the, oh, the, the winner gets. We, to- oh, we we had a talk prior about uh, your gambling problem. Mm-hmm. It's not it's a, not a it's problem. Not, it's not a problem. You handle it very well. You leave the money on the table. They take it away, and then you say goodbye. And that's sometimes that's I get it back. Sometimes you do get back. Congratulations on your Raptors. Thank you very much. I hear you won big money on that. Yes. You bet at the beginning of the season. My RE had the foresight. We watched a couple of games, and he said these guys definitely have it. And they did. Turns out they did to beat Golden State. Yeah. That's uh, pretty amazing. So, yeah, we are big winners. So I'm going to collect our winnings. All right. Go Canada. <laughs> Go Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> oh, my home and native land. <laughs> True <laughs> patriots love and all thy sons command. I hope you I did not get any of, words wrong in that. Yeah. I've gotten words wrong on a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. Actually, on Father's Day, I realized that the Spice Girl song is not called Human Touch. It's called Stop. So <laughs> so that was a big mistake. Well, I'm glad you're correcting it. I'm correcting it now, but you know, as I looked on the Spotify playlist, I couldn't find Human Touch. Like, why can't I find Human Touch? Why is the second most popular song Stop? And then, of course, I played that. Like, oh, yes, there it is. Okay. Well, good, good. Obviously, we can't play the music, but uh, we are play- putting all these things on the Spotify playlist um, that you can check out. Uh, I always put a link in our description, so hopefully you're finding it. If you're not, let us know via text or tweet us, tweet us, email Dave at WDDIMpodcast.com. Or Holly. At WDDIMpodcast.com. But you can find us, you know where you can find us. I don't have to tell you guys. <laughs> Just <laughs> Just know that the initials are WDDIM. Yes. And then you, you'll eventually find us. Shall we Shall we get right to it? Can we get to number 10? I'm so excited. This is going to be fun. You're so excited. Although. Okay. okay. I'm going to put what, this disclaimer This is a caveat already? I looked ahead, of course, because I had to prep. Yes. And I love all these songs. I do. I love the top 10. You would think you would love the top 10 songs the most out of all of them. And I got to say, these are, well, I love listening to them and I love listening to them on the Spotify playlist. Um, they're not necessarily my favorites of 1982, but let's go. Let's start with number 10. Okay. And just so you know, there is one song. There, uh, K-Rock uh, did a revised list. Of 80 songs. Yes. Ba- last year, they they uh, they put their the top 80 of 1983 for, you know, for all their decades. But, there was, but back in 1982, they did the top 106.7 songs. There is one song on this list. That has been removed and was replaced with a different song. Holly's going to guess what was removed. Yes, we always have fun and games here, and this is one of the uh, the games that we play here. All right, so top ten. Actually, um, four Southern California bands are in the top ten, which is pretty cool. That is really cool. So this is one of them. Yes, it is. It's X. X, Blue Spark. But we, one of our personal favorites. Yeah, it's a really good one. This is They had uh, two songs on this list in 1982. The other one was uh, The Hungry Wolf. And this is uh, Blue Spark. You know, John, John Doe's back in there. Have you, he's got this book that's out. Yeah. Have you read anything Not about yet. it? Not yet. You? Oh. I, yeah. It just, actually, it just came out last, this month, in June. It came out uh, June of 2019. Yeah. I, I read his last book. It was fascinating. Oh, I did not read it. Oh, it's a great read. I'll, actually, I'll give it to you. I'll uh, let you, let, oh, thank let you. you read it. But it's, it's really good because he brings in a lot of uh, uh, people from that era the, the first book was in the, uh, you know, like the mid to late 70s. This mm-hmm. book covers uh, 82 to 87. Oh, fun. We got to get John in here. I got to, I'll send a <sighs> note and see if we can get him uh, in here. You're a little but intimidated he, by him. No, he seems he's like so a, cool. he, he's a, he seems like a really great guy. Yeah. Uh, he wrote this book. And of course, there's 
all these other artists um, write chapters on where they were at that time, what was going on mm. in their lives. So it's it's really, it, the first book was fascinating. And I'm sure this one's just as good. And yeah, everyone from Henry Rollins, the Fishbone, the Jane Weedland, Charlotte Caffey. So uh, <laughs> it could be interesting. You, <laughs> contributed to the book. Mean, yes. Not just mentioned, but they contributed. Right. They Yeah. Chapter. Yeah. Whole chapters on what was going on. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Do you know what John's real name? No. Uh, John's real name is John Nomensen Duchak. This, this middle name, I don't know. I have. Can you get, <laughs> this is not a spelling bee. I'd like Although stumping you be. because, you know, I, yeah. can, I can't ask you anything but actual music, about actual music, because you know everything, but I can ask no, you I, trivia. I don't. But uh, John Nomensen, N O M M E N S E N Duchak, D U C H A C, which I never knew until I looked it up. I had no idea. Sounds French. Could be. Yeah. All right. We'll go with that. Yeah. Doe's oh, easier to pronounce. My, when we get John in here, we'll ask him. <laughs> Excellent. Do you know Exine's real name? I don't. Christine Lee Cervenka. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. You were married 1980 and 1985, the two of them. Yeah. Do you, know, do you know who else Exine was married to? Yes. She's had three, three husbands. Yes. The second one is the most famous. Vigo Mortensen. Yes. Aragorn. Who? Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. Don't give me that face. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's such a fine actor. He's have you ever seen? You've actor. seen the Lord of the Rings no. movie. Didn't see it. Didn't read it. Oh. <laughs> you should. Uh, those are yeah. good stuff. That's How good could stuff. I be doing a, a podcast on pop culture without ever having seen something like Lord of the Rings or read it? All right. I will give you one other pop culture thing on this. Vaccine okay. uh, and Vigo have a son. His name is Henry Blake Mortensen. Where do you know the name Henry Blake from? I keep thinking Robert Blake. No. I'm sure this was just by accident that it was named after this. this it was a, it's the name of a TV character. No, I don't know. Okay. It was uh, McLean Stevenson and, and MASH. He was Henry Blake. <laughs> he was Colonel, oh my God. Colonel Henry Blake. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Roger Bowen played him in the movie. There you go. Okay, what's DJ Bonebreak's uh, real name? Uh, David John. Don't know. I don't know. You got that? Okay. What, what no, I it? don't know. Oh. I don't know. Dude, well, don't, don't throw a question. <laughs> well, you were going through all their real names, so I thought maybe okay. you had no, the rest I, I of don't. them. <laughs> Billy Zoom's real name? It's not Zoom. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just... I'm, William it's something. Gotta be, yeah, yeah Will, <laughs> Will, William Zoom, Zoomkowski. <laughs> My apologies to Billy and DJ yes. for not looking up their real names, but I love that about every member of the band made up a new name. I'm assuming that Billy Zoom and DJ Bonebreak are not their real names. Yes, I am assuming I, you're right. I love that. If I was in a band, I would change my name to something else, something cool. Not Dave Sloan? No. It, yeah, it would be like Bonebreak. I like Bone a drummer named Bonebreak. That's genius. I love it. Yes. Breaking bones. Yeah. All right. Move it along. Move here. it along to number nine. It's Talk Talk. Talk Talk. talk from Talk Talk. Yeah. I think I'm sure you looked that up. He, mm-hmm. he passed away earlier this year. Yeah. Could hey, be fun. But yeah, Talk Talk. Go ahead. Tell me about Talk Talk. Oh, no. Do you know why Mark Hollis liked the name Talk Talk for the band? No. Because it's very direct, easy to remember, can't be abbreviated, and graphically compatible. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I like that. I, I That's a... It's very efficient. <laughs> what more can you say? Yeah. And it was a great hit. I mean, it was, uh, 
Yeah. Talk Talk is a that was another, you know, I say this a lot, but another quintessential eighties song. Yeah, just really great pop hit, yeah. I think. Um I, I can hear that uh, today and still love it. Yeah. You know they didn't use any guitar on this album? Well, sounds like nineteen eighty two. All synth people. I know, see? Pissed yeah. you off. <laughs> no, I like synth in this music. I don't like synth in rock music. That's how, I got a lot of opinions. You, well, that's fine. That's it's a good thing you got a podcast to uh, <laughs> to express my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Do you know the song only went to seventy five here? That song? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I believe that. Fifty two in the UK. Yes. Yeah, As I'm looking at, yeah, they, so they, yeah, they did have like these three hits. I, I think uh, it's my life was probably their their bigger hit. Yes, yes, it was a big hit. It was also used in the movie, which I did not remember. Uh, Night Shift. I love that movie, yeah. and I can't remember that song. Me either. All right. Well, we'll have to go back and watch. Okay. Uh, I, I will go back to Night Shift any time yeah. of day. I love that movie. That dream team of Ron Howard and Henry Winkler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving to number eight, another one of our favorites. Uh, indeed. Well, go goes. Vacation. Yay. Yay. All <laughs> I ever wanted. <laughs> so, I, so I talked about the John Doe book. Yes. Uh, and Charlotte uh, wrote a passage for uh, in, well, in the book. And if you in, will indulge me. Oh, of course. <laughs> okay. She wrote this passage. There's a little snippet that I cut out. She says, everyone knew there was a lot at stake with this album, talking about the vacation album. Mm-hmm. This was our sophomore effort and historically speaking should flop. But fortunately, Kathy Valentine played me a song that she wanted me to work on. She had written it for her former band, The Techstones. It was called Vacation. I listened and instantly liked it, but heard how I can make some changes that would lift up the melody in the chorus. Kathy was open to my ideas, and Vacation became the first hit single and the title of the record. It couldn't have been more perfect. The cover art was inspired by the song, a picture of the five of us water skiing in formation. It was actually a picture of five girls in a water show in Florida with our heads superimposed, and it was classic. (laughs) And she also said, While in New York, the Go-Go's shot our first cover for Rolling Stone, Legendary photographer Annie Leibovitz persuaded us to pose in our underwear. When the magazine hit the stands, we were horrified to see the caption, Go-Go's put out. Regardless, I was extremely excited to see us at every newsstand on every corner, our faces on the cover of Rolling Stone. Yep. Yeah, so that's uh, those were the good times. And apparently, Charlotte was going through some dark times, too, during during this time. Uh, so it's all in the book. <laughs> this oh, book. so read the book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, still, it's still a great song. Yeah. And deserves to be number eight. Yeah. Kathy said she wrote it on a an airplane napkin. Is that right? <laughs> That's what she said when those, I was 21. Those, those napkins are small. Yeah. I don't know. I don't right. know. How do you put the, all those words on uh, one napkin? Good question. You can unfold it. Oh, smart. <laughs> That's, a, That's awesome. I, I do. I love the song. I love the, you know, even though you knew it wasn't them water skiing. <laughs> still, it was what? a fun video. What? It wasn't? Well, thanks for that. Yeah, it was a super, yeah, super fun video, super fun mm-hmm. song. Apparently, you're going on some vacations uh, soon. So vacations, we, all I ever wanted. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Okay, number seven. Oh, by the way, um, uh, Go Go's vacation is it still on the list? Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, didn't want to waste your time. Yeah, just uh, just FYI, those songs were both. Uh, yeah. All on the list. Blue, yeah. Blue Spark. Blue Spark, still 10. Talk Talk, still 9. Yeah. Vacation, still 8. Oh. All right. This is number 7. Sparks, I predict. I predict this one was not on the list. That is correct. Ha-ha! It was replaced <laughs> by... I never guessed this. Yeah. Who, who was the artist? 
replaced it? It was modern English. <laughs> uh, could it be I Melt With You? Yes. Good guess. That was not on the original K-Rock list. That's really strange. It's crazy. Was it released late in 1982? No. I looked that up, too. But no, it was, it was not. It was. That seems impossible. It's crazy. But, yeah. Well, yeah. yay. Yay for... Mel- I, yes. I melt with you. Yes. And yay for Sparks. Let's recognize Sparks. They made a number of predictions. Do you remember any of their predictions? Um, they, I, I wrote all of them down. No. There's, do- there's 12 of the predictions they make in the song. Tell me. You're going to take a walk in the rain and you're going to get wet. I predict. Okay. It's one of the funniest songs. I, again, I, I love comedy and Sparks uh, just nailed, put the nail on the, hit the, what is it, put the, hit the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head with this. Here, here's one. They're going to stop Saturday night. That's one of the 12, one of the predictions. That's true. Yeah. So you better have fun now. Yeah. yeah. They're going to They're going to find the, the queen as a man. Yes. <laughs> but uh, Philip won't care. <laughs> What's the one it ends? You're going to eat a bowl of chow mein and be hungry real soon. <laughs> Lassie will prove that Elvis and her had a fleeting affair. Man, if you say your prayers, you'll never lose your hair. L.A. is safe, ain't going to quake, and and somebody's going to die, but I can't reveal who. <laughs> Colbert will cure a cold. Colbert and pretzels takes care of cancer. Moscow will march to France. They'll do the can-can dance. Okay. All right. Very sparks-ish. They're going to stop having the sun, so you better get tan now. <laughs> And uh, they end the song with, and the song will fade out, and the song will fade out, and the song will fade out. But then it I stops predict. dead. Correct. Do you know funny. Do, genius. That's funny. It is genius. So, <laughs> do you know who directed this? If I did not, it, just upon hearing the song, I know you know who directed it. I don't. Right? No. You don't? No. There's a video? Yep. I don't remember the video. I don't think I saw I didn't watch the video. I'm sure so, if, if I saw it, I would remember it. The shoot took place in a cabaret-style nightclub with a corset, stockings-clad Ron performing a show, a slow, seductive striptease, directed by David Lynch. How about that? How about that? That's cool. Yeah. I like, oh, man, now I got to watch that. Yeah. I'm sure you will. You're so good about this. I try. Yeah. Of course, I didn't see the video for this. No, but you will. Yes, I will. So... All right. So I predict we will move on to number six. We have moved on to number six. Stray Cats, rock, rock this town. <laughs> you so had to look down at your notes. Check. Rock this town. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, so Stray Cats, we love. Four songs on the 1982 K-Rock charts. Runaway Boys, Stray Cats Strut, Built for Speed, and this was their top song, Rock This Town. Yes. Have you heard their, their new album? No, I have not. It's pretty good. Sounds like the Stray Cats. As it should sound like the Stray Cats. It totally is. Yeah. The the single that I heard, it's a cat fight over a dog like me, <laughs> which of course means two women fighting over Brian Setzer. <laughs> yeah. Why not to a rockabilly beat? I'll have to look. Does he still look like uh, Brian Setzer? He, Brian Setzer looks like Brian Setzer. The other two look like, you know. Like they should, like you should appropriately look now. It's been 40 years. <laughs> done. I don't know how Brian Setzer still looks like Brian Setzer. Yeah. Probably up close he looks like we do. I, I'm sure. But, but you know, but the other guys have, you know, they're still great musicians. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know um, Slim Jim still drums Slim standing Jim up. Phantom. Yeah. Yeah. 
Who's the they looked guy? appropriate older. Uh, Slim Jim Fanton and Lee Rocker. Lee Rocker. Yeah. Right. Look at that. Duh. I can name all three Stray Cats. Do you know the song was listed by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll? Really? Yep. According to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, however, you know, that seems odd because it, Yeah, because it's just, I mean, it's kind of, you know. But it's, it's a specific it's more style. more of the 50s style. Yeah. I mean, Rockabilly was made in the 50s. I think they could have chosen a well, lot of other songs. Well, 500 songs is a lot of songs, so they had to maybe they <laughs> had to pad it a little bit. All right. I mean, it's a great song. Don't yes, get me wrong. Is. I don't know if the top 500 songs of influential was it influential songs? The, the, one of the top 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Shaped rock and roll. Uh, you disagree okay. with that? I strongly disagree, but okay. But we'll, okay. But that's, that's you can agree to disagree with the we, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know. What do they know? That's, yeah. You know, there's a few bands that aren't in there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Look, never mind. Don't get me started. <laughs> That's a whole other oh, episode. Oh, don't get me started. Bands that should be in the Rock and, Roll, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame but aren't yet. Correct. All right. Uh, number five. We need to have one of those, like uh, the Casey Countdown. <laughs> you know, number five. <laughs> a jingles for. Uh, uh, we need jingles. Ger- yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I'll look for those. We'll see maybe, what we can do. Yeah. Maybe we could. Uh, Splice those in. Yeah. Sweepers. What do you call them? The, yeah, the sweepers. Number f- yeah. Number okay. five. Well, number five. Number five is the Human League. Don't you want me? Yeah. Do you like the song? I love the song. Yeah. The song is still great. I think we talked about it where it's just, it seems like it's, uh, you know, the guy taking over, taking credit for woman's success, but. Oh, is that, did we talk about this? We did talk about huh. it. Huh. I have to say, this is not my favorite uh, Human League song. I might have just burned out on it. And, and still, in the UK, I, I, you've seen, I, I should never even say these things because you've never seen these movies. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Tell me. Um, oh, my me. God. Love Actually. Okay, so you've seen the movie. Love, love, love Actually. Okay, so you know the movie Love Actually. Yes. So it's, it's a big deal to get the Christmas number one. Yeah. As, you know, it was in Love Actually. It kind yeah. of... Um, but yeah, so don't you want me became the uh, was in 1981 was the was the Christmas number one song. Oh, well, no, it, it's a huge deal in the UK. I don't know why, but no, it Christmas, is. A, yeah, I know it is a big deal. Uh, yeah, the UK is really in, still embraces this song. In 2015, it was voted by the British public as the nation's seventh favorite 1980s number one song. We still embrace the, we as in the US still yeah. embrace this song. You hear it? It's yeah. a staple. You know who embraced this song? <laughs> Actually, I should pull this up too. Who? The Foster Farms. Oh, no. <laughs> you you want to hear this? Foster Farms Chicken, the chicken company? Indeed, they did. You're not going to tell me that Human League sold the rights to this song to Foster Farms? I can't believe I just... This is a thing. Foster Farms Chicken Nuggets. 100% natural with no added hormones or steroids. Foster Farms. Amazing chicken. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. 
How'd they get That's the chickens crazy. to sing like that? Yeah, it's amazing, right? <laughs> well, they're amazing chickens, right? Yeah, they're amazing chickens. I don't understand it, but uh, yeah. Wow, you get the connection. When did that air? What year was that? Well, apparently on YouTube, it was posted on two, in 2013. So maybe that's when it aired. Hmm. I know uh, they weren't a big fan of the song originally. Um, who's the, the leader of uh, Human League? His name I can't remember. Well, either uh, Phil Oakey or, or, Phil Oakey, yeah. or Martin Ware. Oh, yeah. So okay. Phil Oakey, um, yeah, I was just reading that he did not like this song at all. And um, it was, almost, first of all, it was almost left off the album. Then it was... Like they stuck it, I, I think it's like a, for the vinyl, they put it like at the like the last song Whoa. on one of the sides. Um, and they were going to release a single. They already had three singles off, off there. And he was like, we can't release another single. Everyone's sick of us already. Um, let, we can't put this out. And the label insisted. And then and now we have Don't You Want Me as, uh, you know. Wow, I had no yeah. idea. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Shocking. So he's, uh, he's admitted that he was probably wrong. Right. On, yeah. But it was a big, yeah, I guess apparently it was a big argument and, you know, big deal. Well, good call on the part of the record, of the record company. Indeed. Yeah. Sometimes, was it Virgin at the time? Probably. it was Virgin. Yeah. Sometimes you need to step away from, right. you know, Stay a little too close. too close to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was uh, number five on our list. Human League, don't you want me? Well, really, it's on K-Rock's list. It is. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> but, well, you still love it. I mean, this would be like a, this is like a top 10 of your favorite songs from the 80s. Would that, be, would that be in there? No, I told you. It's not. It is not one of my... T- I, and there is a song I like oh, better from, from the Human League yeah. than, than Don't You Want Me. I like... I I would pick Love Action. I like Love Action better. Oh, okay. You know the song? I do know the song. Yeah, I like it better. But yes, I like the song. And it is another, obviously, quintessential 80s song. But All right. not my personal favorite. Well, this seems like a good time as any to take a break. So let's stop it right here. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon.
welcome back to What Difference Does It Make? Okay, so number four, a band we have seen many times in this countdown in 1982. Five songs. They had notice- noticeable ones, 93, It Ain't None of Your Business, 67, Destination Unknown, 40, and Walking in L.A., number 11. Missing Persons had one more song on this list. It's number four. What are words for? Yeah, indeed. Yes, words from Spring Session M. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I still, I, I can still listen to the song. I really like, you know, because it's 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 still played a lot if you happen to listen to the, you know, any of the 80s channels. Oh, yeah, as it should. I mean, you know, we're in L.A. This was, uh, they they had five songs on this list. It was, I, I actually picked up, uh, as I was doing some research, I saw the band, there's, the band actually plays in this movie called Lunch Wagon. Have you ever heard of that? You know, like this B- Minus grade movie that uh, from 1981, <laughs> and they and they they lip sync to uh, to Mental Hopscotch and I Like Boys, but they, uh, they they all look adorable. It was to promote their it was to promote the EP. Was that? Oh yeah, was, I think this their was, appearance I, was to promote I, the EP the, for Lunch Wagon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, they uh, you know before there were trucks, there was the food the trucks. Lunch. There was lunch wagons. <laughs> yes, I, I remember. Three women start a lunch wagon business but run into stiff resistance from their competitor, Mr. Schmeckler. The presence is interfering with some sort of illegal activity he's involved in. While Schmeckler busies himself trying to sabotage their wagon, the women are busy falling in love with construction guys and rock musicians. <laughs> of course they are. Two bumbling diamond thieves create complications for both sides. So this was a good movie. Would that make you want to see it, that description? <laughs> No, just judging from the, I watched the two clips of Missing Persons and they were the best part about uh, those clips. Uh, It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't say I'm going to see it. It's a totally 80s movie. Yeah, totally 80s. Yeah. Um, Do you know that, that, did you, have you ever heard Missing Persons cover of uh, Hello, I Love You? I probably have. It's really, it's good. I like it. Yeah. But it was, uh, words actually replaced that on the EP. And then they sold okay. another two hundred and fifty thousand units after. I would imagine so. Song. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Their version is good. And yeah. if I didn't have my RE, if Missing Persons wasn't one of his favorite bands, and and uh, Terry Bozio, favorite drummer, uh, I don't know that I ever would have heard "Hello, I Love You." Yeah, well, that's a good song. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you should pull up. Uh, you know, whenever we have our website, we'll Lunch Wagon. We'll, we'll, we'll post a clip up, from, from yeah. Lunch Wagon. Yeah, they're great. I mean, Terry's got his like. 80s I mean, hair no it's like it's like uh, it's short it's like short oh yeah they look different there's a different look from all of them and they, that's why they all look great i oh. think <laughs> okay i'll have i will look. it's I'll very cool look. to see them um all right number three number three very good i would have thought this song would not be included on the updated list mm, i'm not sure soft cell sex dwarf yeah well of course i would put tainted love there but Instead, we have we have Sex Dwarf, Sex Dwarf. which apparently wasn't even a single. But K-Rock, uh, you know, of course, because it's mentioning sex and <laughs> yeah. we're going to play this. It's a pretty, uh, it's, uh, you, I don't remember the video, but I read about the video. Do you it remember like the a, video? It was something controversial or, you know, probably Sex Dwarf. What, how could that be uh, well, okay. not played on MTV? It's still banned uh, in the U.K., Nice. But so it was directed by Tim Pope 
and it's brothel workers wielding chainsaws, a dwarf wearing a fetish outfit, and a pile and piles of raw meat as Mark Allman performs a song in it in a tiny cod piece, which nice. I don't really know well, what that, that is. Okay, uh, it all <laughs> and uh, Mark Allman and Dave Ball react in horror after <laughs> after Tim Pope unexpectedly threw live maggots at them during the shooting of the video. Nice. How about that? That's something. However, <laughs> now when, when Mark Amon talks about it, he says that uh, the video was ahead of its time because they were using transgender people and, and um, prostitutes. And, he, and here was the dwarf himself, which really went again what you were supposed to get against what you were supposed to do. Yow. Well, outplaced uh, the album at number 66 on their list of the 100 greatest gayest albums of all time. Greatest gayest albums. Greatest gayest. Yeah. There you go. 66. Wow. I, I wonder what, what was uh, ahead of. Of all time? Oh, there's, there's a lot. Yeah. Do you have a list of them? I don't have a list of them, but <laughs> let's just assume that the village people are in there somewhere. <laughs> let's. All right, I'm going to look it up, and I'm going to post it on our, on, uh, on our Facebook because so you you're curious you're about this. I am curious. Yeah. Should I, so should I look out, it up? You want me to look it up? It's Out Magazine. No, not now. Out Magazine. Top 100. 80 songs. Gayest, greatest 80 songs. Number 100 is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. What? Well, not surprisingly. Do you want to guess what number one is? As long as I got you on the list here. It's not the Village People. No. Who is it? By a genre buster. That you love, that's not Prince. No, I don't know. You no, put me on the spot. I can never guess when no, you put me fine. on the spot. I know. Who is it? It's David Bowie, <laughs> Ziggy Stardust. Duh. Well, <laughs> you're right. I should have guessed that. The Smiths, number two. Okay, all right. This makes a lot of sense. Indigo Girls. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Closer to fine. Uh, Judy at Carnegie Hall, number five. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Bette Midler in there too. I'm sure she is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we can go through. Well, you can go through all of that. I'm going to. I'm going to post the top 10. <laughs> okay. Uh, where are we? Oh. Number two. Number two, the penultimate. The penultimate song of, of 1982. 1982 on oh, this is exciting. All right. Uh, well, obviously, you can see what it is. I can see what it is. Flock of <laughs> Seagulls. I ran. So far away. <laughs> Reached number nine here, number 43 in the UK. Yeah, they're still uh, they're still playing this this stuff. Do you did you know they they put out an album last year where they re-recorded their their hits with the Prague Philharmonic Orchestra? They did. Yeah, it's huh. not too bad. <laughs> Is it good? Do you like it's, it? I, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. As, as I say, interesting. interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's I'm not going to like the, the new version better than uh, than the original. No, of course. But yeah, it's it's good that they're you know. Given a new spin on uh, classics, that's kind of fun it's to hear. It's always fun to hear. Definitely. Yeah. Of course, the band, because they have this album, they're, they're touring around. And so uh, Mike Score was mm-hmm. interviewed and he was talking about the beginnings of the band. He said, we went to London and basically slept on someone's doorstep until they agreed to listen to us. And they liked us, which was a shock to us. We saw about 20 labels who said rubbish, but Jive said, wow, it was right on the point where things were going to change. We weren't a punk band, but we were friends with Squeeze, who were doing a college tour in the U.S. and invited us. Jive didn't know what to do with us, so they said, yeah, go along with them. And MTV was just starting to hit. There you go. Oh, good for them. 
Well, very good for them, obviously. Yes. Mike says he used, uh, used some green gel from Kmart to get his hair the way it was. <laughs> he says he goes to, you know, when they're at shows, he says uh, a lot of the parents are making their kids, <laughs> they're putting their kids in flock of seagulls hair <laughs> to see them. Yeah. That's, how, how awesome is it that they, they can be identified, a whole band can be identified just by hairstyle, hairstyle. that people say. Yeah. Flock of seagulls hair. Yeah. I know. It's yeah. crazy. The, did you okay? Wait a minute. Speaking about their go hair, ahead. did you read this that that they were um, that they were hairdressers? Oh, is that right? Mike Score and and the bass player Frank Maudsley were hairdressers, and they put their skills to use in creating that distinctive hairstyle. Did How about that? that? I How did not that? know. Did you know? <laughs> More did you know? Um, <laughs> the band's name comes from the Stranglers. Actually, Mike says it comes from a couple things. When I was young, I was reading Jonathan Livingston Seagull, which I think every teenager should read. Mm-hmm. It's a short book. Also, <laughs> my favorite band, The Stranglers, yell this out on the song Toiler on the Sea. Here we go. This is this is from Toiler on the Sea. Is it okay if I play this a little bit? I'm saying yes. Once in the way to a flock, a flock of seagulls, huh. a flock of seagulls. Oh. So anyway, there's uh, there is that. I don't know where Iran came from. <laughs> okay, so that brings us up to number one. I was actually kind of surprised. I don't know why, but I was surprised. Yes. It, why? To find that it was the Clash, Rock the Casbah. Woo! Yes. Beer, 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 <laughs> beer. We have to pay you to use those sound effects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go. Number yeah. one. Yeah, I don't know why I was surprised. I mean, no, it was a huge song. Obviously, a huge song yes. from Combat Rock. I just, I don't know why. I didn't think it was the number one song on K-Rock, but I guess uh, I'm happy about that. You How should. do you feel about it? I'm I'm very happy about that. As it <laughs> should be. I mean, they had three songs. They had uh, Know Your Rights. Mm-hmm. It was number 102. They had Should I Stay or Should I Go at number 31. Mm-hmm. And Rock the Casbah is number one. Yeah. Would you put Should I Stay at number one? I'm not sure. I go 50-50 on that. All right. Yeah. You're going to start to hear a lot about the clash now that, uh, you know, the presidential campaign is ramping up because uh, Beto O'Rourke and Bill de Blasio are both clash fans. Oh, no. Excellent. Um, Beto O'Rourke's walk-in song is Clamp Down. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah. And Bill de Blasio is Rudy Can't Fail, which is kind of funny. Which is kind of funny. Is that supposed to be ironic? I, I don't know. I don't think he's thinking about... You know, you would think he was talking referring about Rudy. To, yeah, talking about Mayor Giuliani, Giuliani but uh, I don't know. Yeah, because he is a New Yorker. Yeah. I don't know. The, uh, the London Calling song Clampdown has become Beto O'Rourke's campaign theme song. O'Rourke is believed to have been the first candidate to drop a Clash reference during a U.S. Senate debate <laughs> yeah. when he accused his GOP opponent, Ted Cruz, of working for the Clampdown and the corporations with, the spe- with special interests. The song is about how you can... How you grow up idealistic with the best of intentions, but you can be compromised or cor- corrupted or consumed by these larger forces and powers. I love it. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Clash still relevant. And, you know, know your rights. Should I stay? Should I go? Yeah. Rock the Casbah. Rock the Casbah was kind of a, I don't know. Was it, wasn't a, was it about anything? Uh, or was it just kind of a silly song? Well, a lot of people had their different ideas about what it was about. Okay. I have no 
idea what it is about, what that one is about. Well, the military used it as a rallying cry when they invaded Iraq in, in 91, but that was not uh, just like the cures killing an Arab. It was misunderstanding that it was an anti-Iraq sentiment because the, the you know, do you remember the video? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, he was, I remember Mick Jones' face was covered for most of it. Well, like, like they're at an oil well. Now I'm trying to remember, right? Weren't they like... So so it, there's an Arab and an Orthodox Jew. Is this skanking, a joke you're telling dancing. me? <laughs> they walk like into it. a bar? <laughs> so here, I'll tell you a story about the about the lyrics. And so, so did you know who wrote it? it the drummer actually wrote it, Topper Heaton. Oh, Topper Heaton. Yeah. So he wrote I the I also music. know all the Clash members. <laughs> That's yeah. one of the... Yeah, very yeah. impressive. No, I know all the Stray Cats. I know all the Clash. So do you know who the old, the original Clash drummer was? Damn it. I just know Topper. Um, I... Terry Chimes. Correct. I do. So, <laughs> yes. Joe Strummer, yes, I know I'm correct. Joe Strummer said that Topper Hayden was the real genius uh, between Rock the Casbah. <laughs> but <laughs> he was, you know, he was eventually fired because of the drug problems. But Joe Strummer took his lyrics in a different direction because this is, this is lore. I don't know if this is really true. <laughs> Hayden's original words were a filthy ode to his girlfriend was supposedly very pornographic like sex sex dwarf yeah, yeah but that that's just out sex dwarf was out there uh i i didn't see anything i didn't see what the original lyrics were but now i'm i'm intrigued i'll post those too because i'm very interested and who is the sharif who don't like it oh in who they refer to the sharif don't like it yeah the casbah that's all right that's what makes uh yeah. the song always intriguing is we have no idea what we're singing and yet it's so catchy that we still sing the song. Joe Strummer wanted to leave the band because he couldn't justify singing rebellious songs when the band was rich and successful. But he didn't, so... That's a thing of uh, the youth. <laughs> Once you get yeah. older, then you I know, it was, that used to be a thing. I don't think it is anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, I, you think more bands... Say, well, I mean, I believe the Clash represented what they... What they yeah, represented, that they sure. were true to themselves. No, but I think a lot are, you know, want to start out, you know, it's the punk mentality, right? Yeah. Everybody starts off like... Who doesn't want to make money? Well, right. You don't, but too much money. I know, like, you know, Eddie Vedder had troubles with uh, the success of the band initially. Yeah. You could tell he really struggled with it. Yeah. Well, but he does good things. Right. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's it's what you do as a person, I think, with... Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you could you could be a billionaire or, and still be a good person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but we want to know who Sharif is. Well, in the Urban okay. Dictionary, it says a, a governor of Mecca descended from Muhammad. Oh. An Arab chief or prince or ruler. And then the, well, the that def- makes sense, actually. Sharif don't like it. So there you go. Thanks, Urban Dictionary. You don't want to know what uh, sex dwarf is in the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Do tell. Oh, it's just a uh, small person with a with a, a generous uh, gift, <laughs> oh, oh. like a nor- normal size gift, I guess. But makes it look. <laughs> You're really calling that a gift? Gifted. I I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm not okay, going. Yeah. He's gifted. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, a you're going to have to a small gifted person is what <laughs> or a small. I guess so. There you go. That's why they call it a sex dwarf. That's funny. Yeah. I cannot believe we have done 106.7 songs. Oh, my God. Close the curtains on uh, 1982. This is, 
good year. Well, we're going to close it out with a question from the 1980s rock and roll quiz deck. Okay, let's do that. Okay. Let me pick one. I might know the answer. We might need, I mean, since we're closing out the season, we need to close out the, I mean, we have one, two, three, four, five, six. So after this, we'll have six left. I'm going to find some more. I'm going to find some more trivia. All right. Maybe, yeah, I'm sure Trivia Pursuit has something. 1980s Trivial Pursuit. I'm sure. You should be able to get this one. In 1962... Depeche Mode? Oh, no. Okay, 1962... Two Dutch brothers, ages seven and nine, immigrated with their family to the U.S. and settled in Pasadena, California. Van Halen. After the the requisite piano lessons and classical music training, they both became instrumental virtuosos, one on guitar, the other on drums and went on to found one of the most successful and influential rock bands of the 80s. I got it. The Van Halen Brothers. Yeah. Eddie and Alex. Yeah. Van Halen. I believe uh, Eddie initially played the drums. Is that true? I think so. Wow. Alexander Arthur Alex Van Halen and Edward <laughs> Ladwick Eddie Van Halen hooked up with bassist Michael Anthony and vocalist David Lee Roth to form Van Halen in 1974. Four years later, the release of their eponymous debut album catapulted them immediately to rock and roll stardom. Eddie's smart, sizzling guitar licks and occasional keyboard wizardry and Alex's powerful and relentless double bass drumming set the new dramatically high standard for hard rock musicianship. Combined with the always solid Michael Anthony on bass. (laughs) Oh, poor Michael Anthony. The band's only wild card was its front man. Did you prefer the hammy style of David Lee Roth, a.k.a. Diamond Dave, or the harder-edged power of Sammy I Can't Drive 55 Hagar? All rockers seem to have strong opinions on that question after Hagar replaced Roth as the band's lead singer in 1985. Do you have a preference? Oh, yeah, it's David Lee Roth all the way. Yeah, he was Van Halen to me. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked Sammy Hagar. I didn't continue to like the music. He was perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Did you ever see them live? I, strangely, I only saw Sammy. I never got to see, uh, I, I've seen David Lee Roth solo, but I never got to see, uh, Whoa. yeah, the 1984 tour. It, yeah, I never got, I wasn't able to get tickets for that show. Well, I never saw him. Out. I did miss out. I know. <laughs> well, I, again, yeah, it was, it was yeah, just at the, uh, the, just at the start of when I started to go to shows. Yeah. So I, I uh, missed out on that, unfortunately. For yeah. um, you. Poor me, <laughs> I know, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't see the the revamp when they they did that tour a few years ago. Yep. He's not, and his voice is not like not it, what it was, like, like it once was. Like a lot of times, you could see these bands from the '80s, and you could close your eyes and like, yeah, that's that's still the same sound. Yeah. I mean, David Lee Roth just had such a unique sound coming out of those <laughs> uh, those pipes, and he's such a you know unique front man that uh, just. Just one yeah. of a kind. Just crazy. And, you know, that's why people go to these shows. You know, just rem- remember what it was like. You know, obviously, Eddie can still play guitar like like, uh, like a crazy man. Yeah, but just, seeing that, that on stage, seeing David Lee Roth behave that way on stage now is just does somehow feels inappropriate. True. <laughs> that is true. But it's always fun yeah. to pull up uh, old video clips and, yeah. and see them how they yeah. were. It's great. Yeah, they were, they were they're still one of my favorites just yeah. listening to them. All right, 1982. Bye-bye, 1982. Bye-bye. Thanks for serving us well. Indeed. 
Um, okay, so we'll, uh, yeah, that closes our season for 1982. Thanks for listening to What Difference Does It Make? Indeed. Keep listening. Post once in a while. Tweet us. You want me to hear what us. you think? Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, a lot of ways to uh, get a hold of us, and we'd be happy to put you on the air or read some sort of notes or anything. We're, we're always excited so to hear from theme. you. theme, yeah. Yes, themes are always good, too. Songs, anything you want discussed, we like to discuss. We, <laughs> we're big talkers. We, we do. We, we talk too much. We're done talking today. Yes, thank goodness. Oh, let's wrap this up. Um, thank you so much again. Uh, until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. <laughs> Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.